Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Today, I am your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming, and it is our desire, is our, is our goal here at Zero Today to empower you, the listener, to knowing, being, doing, and impacting the world around you. And as always, you're welcome to join us on this Illuminous journey. Uh, there are so many ways you can join us. Join us. The first way, primary way, of course, is by calling in 347-237-5230. That is the number to call if you want to get your thoughts, insights, opinions, two cents in on the show. That's the number to call. But you can also hit us up. Uh, hit me up on at my email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Prophesy. Follow us on our Facebook page. Like it. Uh, it's Zero Network on Facebook. And, man, on a blog, go on to uh, Blog Talk Radio. You can listen in. And, of course, the chat room is open. And you can log into the chat room. And uh, we, we have a good dialogue there. So, anyway, you want to, we are here. And, uh, you know, every week. Every week is a good week. Every week is a better week. Uh, and I just I appreciate everyone who supports and listens in. We've had some, some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, reports. You know, I, the listening audience is growing. And I tell you, it, it's a wonderful thing to know that people are listening, uh, sharing thoughts and insights of all kinds of things. And I just appreciate it. I just appreciate it. we got a lot to talk about today. And I... Uh, of course, we're going to talk about the Supreme Court and their deliberation on the Defense of Marriage Act and Prop 8 uh, in California. And, of course, this is Easter week, and we'll be talking a little bit about that. So, But before we go into any of our topics, as always, I like to lead off in prayer. Uh, it just kind of eases me into the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> so let, let's go into prayer real quick, and 
And then um, hopefully we can get into some good topics and dialogues. Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity to do the show. We ask God that you'll be glorified and people be edified to honor and glory your name. We thank you. Amen. Well, it is Easter week. Um, and I tell you, I, I love Easter week because I, I really love Palm Sunday and, and uh you know in our faith tradition and the Methodist Church and Catholic Church and Palm Sunday we literally have palms and uh <laughs> literally they bring palms and I get to anoint the palms and pass it out pass it out to the members and uh here at, at New Bethel we have a unique tradition. They uh one of our brothers sang um a very wonderful chorale aria or a song and leads the church in the singing it and uh, we take our palms, we lift it, and we wave the palms. It's just a beautiful sight. Uh, you know, as soon as we get a little more technologically advanced and, you know, be able to do the video and stuff like that, you'll, you'll probably be able to witness that. But it's beautiful when you see, you know, people lifting up their palms, and and it's just wonderful. Holy Week is special to me, well, especially every Christian. But when I think about some of the things that people do during Holy Week, uh, not not you know not just like revivals. I'm talking about around the world. Cultures have some unique ways of celebrating the Passion Week of Christ. Now, uh, in Indonesia, for example, Good Friday, uh, they literally recreate crucifixion, and men are literally nailed to crosses, physically nailed to crosses, and hung. You know, and I'm like that's crazy that that's you know uh, that's that's a very extreme way of observing the death of Christ and he, you know here we we celebrate uh in the states or mostly in 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 the south I'm sure but probably other places uh good friday week with revivals you know uh Monday, thir- uh, uh, Monday, Thursday service and Good Friday service and and of course uh, Easter Sunday and and you know what when I was a kid I, I loved Easter Sunday service not only because it was a sunrise service which means it was very early in the morning sometimes it's early as five thirty in the morning uh, and we get up and my grandmother she would literally <laughs> she ain't missed one yet uh, it, she would literally wake us up. And drag us screaming and kicking, and you know, I mean, we'd be at that church for sunrise service, and then, you know, they served breakfast, and then we go to Sunday school, and then we had service at you know, you know, regular time, eleven o'clock service, and then after that, you know, we eat, but then they had an evening service, and I mean, you'd be at church all freaking day. <laughs> you know, and I kind of miss that. We don't do that anymore, and. and yeah, I, I I don't hate it, but, <laughs> but you know it's just just one of those things. You know, we don't we don't we don't observe it as greatly as we used to, and it, it's it's one of those things. Some people still do it, but <laughs> this is the most sacred week, other than Christmas, Christmas Eve. <laughs> but other than Christmas, this is the most sacred uh, moment of the year for uh, the Christian faith, and. 
the unique thing about the Christian faith, you know, this uh, I know I've, I've always gotten a lot of questions is why is it rotational? You know, why isn't it just one, you know, like Christmas? You know, Christmas is always on December 25th. Why is Easter revolving? You know, why is it one month is in April, next month is in March? Uh, next, I mean, one year is in April, next year in March. Why is that? Well, you know, uh, whoever designed the Christian calendar centuries ago set that in place to kind of and I and I, I keep this argument. Yes, Easter is it, it is a pagan. It, it, it has pagan origins, and, and yes, it was adopted to reflect those already uh, uh, those those uh, religions that were already present. Um, those show those those uh, religions that were already present are reflected in, but. That does not take away, and I have to emphasize that it does not take away from the fact that um, it is a sacred and a um, a wonderful, wonderful uh, means of celebration, and we shouldn't, we should not let the historical value of it uh get away from the reality of the significance of it in other words just because the origins aren't uh as, as most of as most of our uh, as most of our um celebrations in christianism are uh adopted you know they were adapted to something else and because they were adapted doesn't take away from the authenticity of the celebration itself. So um, that's the way it is. It doesn't take away from the fact uh, of what we believe uh, just because it is not a stable day. And, and even with December 25th, you know, we already it, it's it's been confirmed that you know he wasn't born. Christ wasn't born <laughs> neither on the 25th nor in the circumstances that were uh, that have been presented down through generations. You know, you know the manger scene, the nativity scene. We we know that is inaccurate now, and we still depict it, but we understand that it's is not uh, it's not accurate. It doesn't take away from doesn't take away from the celebration at all, and, and you know we should we should recognize that. But anyway. On um, on Friday, I will be one presenting one of the seven last sayings of Christ. Uh, you know, for the Good Good Friday service, I'll be doing the last sermon. I'll be doing the last words uh, where Christ spake, and, and um, I always enjoy doing that. Uh, I, and matter of fact, I always enjoy taking a, a, a different approach to Easter. I don't like preaching the same thing and i've seen some things man I, I i've seen on youtube there was this one preacher and he he does this every year you know his annual easter sermon involves him not only preaching a good sermon but uh getting put into a casket you know saying that he died jesus died and they put him in the casket and he's still preaching in the casket they rolled the casket down out the door and you know the symbolic of jesus being put in the grave and you know he's still preaching while the casket is closed now and he's outside and outside the immediate door sanctuary and then you know he gets out of the casket and he comes back into the church preaching about Jesus rose from the dead. 
you know, I wouldn't go to that extreme, you know, and it, it draw this guy does this every year for Easter, you know. And I'm not going to say the pastor out uh uh the pastor's name of the church and you know, it's a big draw. And and y'all know, particularly for for black churches, we have those CME members or or, or visitors or people. CME, they only come Christmas, Mother's Day and Easter. <laughs> or, or I guess better way is the, uh, Christmas, Easter, and Mother's Day. So I, you know we always have that big crowd, and the preacher gets a little excited because it's a big crowd. So he has to show, or she, he or she has to show out, you know, with the hopes that somebody's gonna come and join the church. And usually they do. I've had it happen. Somebody, you know, <laughs> I've had one case where a whole family joined the church, and. Came back one Sunday and I never saw him again. <laughs> Even after following up, you know, uh, you know, they give you the information, you know, they give the the information to you. And I, I'm the one, I'm the type that, you know, after a couple of Sundays, if absence, if you're new, and uh, you're supposed to come like to the new member class, I follow up on you. And you know, turns out their numbers were disconnected. <laughs> you know, wouldn't write cell phone numbers or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it was, it's interesting. So I I enjoy that part of I enjoy that part of the Easter celebration, and, and I enjoy the food. I'm I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. But there'll be a lot of people celebrating that, and and I hope that you um, find a way to celebrate it. If if you know if you don't celebrate Easter, for those who don't celebrate, uh, and and I don't celebrate it in the traditional sense. I I don't. Recognize the holiday as it has been recognized. You know, I recognize the fact that Christ did rise from the dead, uh, and I put that within the perspective also that there there were others who, you know, he, you know, they like to say he's the only one who rose from the dead. Then they contradict that's a contradictory in and of itself because you know Jesus did raise Lazarus from the dead. Um, of course, in the Old Testament, several persons were risen from the, you know, resurrected. So, you know, I, I think people forget that part of it. You know, not that he was the first to resurrect from the dead, raised from the dead. He was not the first. He himself did that. He raised a little boy from the dead, a little girl from the dead. You know, Jesus did all of that. So he was not the first person to raise from the dead, but he became the first of many brothers, you know, um, as as scriptures and and I'm not making this show into you know uh, dogmatic one or arguing uh, points uh, or dogmatic points doctrinal points. I'm, this is not what it's about. Just you know, you know, there's so many myths and so many legends and more traditions that have come in and kind of overshadowed the authentic authentic message of the resurrection and the gospel. And when you add those traditions, you know, people get confused when you start bringing out and, and trying to enlighten them about the reality of the events. And, you know, cause a lot more schisms than <laughs> that people care to admit. And I'm not afraid to address it. You know, it, it doesn't hurt me to tell her like it is. But at the same time, it, it does throw out some people's sacred crowd, you know, it <laughs> puts some people off the rockers, you know, any, anyway. But hey, 
What do I know? <laughs> I'm just a Cajun preacher. I don't know much. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so this is Easter week, and just enjoy the celebration if you are observing it. If you're not observing it, uh, yeah, good good for you, however you want to do it. We're going to take a quick break, and as soon as we get back from this break, we're going to get into the, the main topic of the day, the main subject of the day, uh, the main area of discussion of the day. And that, of course, is the Supreme Court and their deliberations regarding Proposition 8 uh, regarding the Defense of Marriage Act, and the question is, how would that affect the church? You know, <laughs> we have the Supreme Court versus the Supreme Creator. So we'll be talking about all that, and I'd love to hear your insights, your voice, uh, your opinions about that. So you can always do that by calling three four seven two two three seven five two three zero. That's the number you can call if you want to get your
Raise your hands. Lower your foot. Make pursuit of the unexpected unrelenting. Today is yours to go find your power. And where you'll find it is within. When mucus piles up in your chest, the congestion can get in the way of your day. That you with mud, knock the floor, with so few hours in a day, it's not easy keeping a place looking this busy. You have the magic Maximum Strength Mucinex breaks up the mucus that causes chest congestion. And only Mucinex has a bilayered tablet. One side goes to work fast, the other is long-lasting. Uh-oh. <coughs> what about my condolence? Mucinex is fast-acting and provides long-lasting 12-hour relief. 12 hours? Mucinex in, mucus out. Welcome back to Zero Today again. I'm your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we are so glad that you join us. We're talking the Holy Week, where we talked Holy Week, but we're talking uh, the Supreme Court versus the Supreme Creator. Uh, who who is who is really in control? And and before you you guys start, you know, I, I, I I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, the arguments on both sides have fallacies to them, and um, as the court is hearing, and and I've I've been listening uh, on uh, you know radio and television and watching, uh, you know listening to the audio because they're not you know of course cameras aren't allowed in the Supreme Court, uh, but I've been listening to some of what the uh, justices have been saying, and the arguments that they're presenting are. are, are Probably the most legitimate arguments that I have in both pro and con that I've heard, uh, and, and you know, not 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 uh, that's not constraining or restrictive. You know, on the pro side, those pro uh, the pro side of both this this argument uh, actually it's a pathos. You know, is 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 an emotional argument for both sides because you're ask you're at, you're, you're you have you're going by rights versus religion. And of course, anytime religion gets involved in an argument, you know, <laughs> y'all already know how it is, how intense it becomes. And so, I, I, I want to separate the religious argument out. Of, I want to take the religious argument out of it, uh, not completely out of it, but uh, the rhetoric we we hear it all the time. And, and no matter how you feel about homosexuality, whether you think it's, you know, a sin, and I'm gonna be honest with you, all of it. Everything is a sin. I, and there's no big sin, little sin, or you know. A matter of fact, uh, uh, Jim Daly put it that uh, Jim Daly, he's a political official, went on to say that he he went on the record as saying that homosexual is not a super sin, <laughs> but it's not God's best, you know. And I don't, I wouldn't put it that way semantically. I w- I would not say it that way. Sin is sin. There is no little sin. We all have sin and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. Uh, of the Lord, and, and so we can't get away from that. 
the argument uh, from their perspective, they're looking at it, is one of benefits and rights. And I am, and I, you know, I'm going to get it, catch some some heat from some of my conservative uh, friends. Uh, I, I'm pretty much for uh, every individual uh, having rights. Now, with the uh, and, and I'm gonna say this also. I'm gonna say this also. And people might not agree with me, but my 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 argument is that uh, constitutionally, people have been denied rights, and you cannot make this a civil rights. Uh, you can make it a civil rights argument, not civil rights like in those that affected uh, those of us. The African American, you know, the blacks, from the time of Reconstruction, uh, uh, post Reconstruction, and Jim Crow until uh, you know, as late as the seventies, nineteen seventies. You can't argue that, uh, but you can't argue from the sense of how can I put this? The the fact that people, uh, couples that have been together have uh, have been together cannot receive benefits uh because they're you know they're same sex now and that that's wrong you know uh i remember watching the movie philadelphia uh i think that yeah philadelphia that was with tom hanks and um what's the other guy uh man he can't get i can't can't follow it right now <laughs> uh tom hanks was in that movie uh, denzel washington was in that movie and of course, Tom, in the movie, Tom Hanks had he had AIDS, and Denzel was his lawyer. Tom Hanks' character was a lawyer, and um, the argument, you know, before them was about well, it it ended up being about who had what, you know. But the interesting thing, uh, development uh, undercurrent of the uh, of the story was about. Uh, you know, rights of the individual versus, you know, rights of the corporation and company. And the uh, this goes, uh, the argument that is being presented before the Supreme Court is one of states' rights versus religious rights versus individual rights versus federal uh, federal authority. And here, here's, the, here's the thing. If the Supreme Court for example, if they uphold Proposition 8, uh, which is, you know, that bans same-sex marriage, uh, then that would send a message, a strong message across the country to those states that have already legalized same marriage. And the Defense of Marriage Act uh, that they're arguing today basically says that uh, – it will then be illegal for states to recognize, uh, you know, those states uh, for for states to recognize same-sex marriages. And states, for example, you get married, it's it's legal in New York, it's legal in Maryland, it's legal in Washington, and I can't think of the other states, but it's legal in several states. However, it is not legal in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Texas. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And if you came from one of those states, you would not your marriage would not be recognized. And you know, I, I'm I in a, in the sense I understand that. 
And since I understand that. Yeah. Uh, but but that's me. I, I, I do understand the necessity of that. But again, the we're talking about the definition of marriage, not marriage equality so much. Uh because when you start talking about the definition of marriage being a man and a woman, uh, it negates the argument of equality altogether. You know, and there there's several underlying themes that could go to that, but it negates that argument of anything outside of a man and woman being married. You know, uh, and and you can you can say I'm traditional. I I am. I'm not married. I'm divorced, and the argument is that Christians uh, Christians are leading in the divorce. We, we're leading in the divorce rates, and because we're leading in the divorce rates, it puts a hamper on our arguments for uh, uh, against same-sex marriage, you know, because the, the argument then becomes, if we can't stay married as Christians, how can we not allow those who desire to be married, and some who may be Christians, in same-sex relationships to be married? But again, you have to stand by the definition of what marriage is. And when, once we start changing a definition defining what something is uh it, it not only does it change how we apply and how we how we engage that institution but it also changes the entire sphere of uh living because you know if you start saying that same sex marriage and this is one argument I'm not pro for it but I'm just presenting this argument that some are presenting if you if you if you Say uh, same-sex couples can marry, then you might as well go ahead and allow polygamy. You might as well go ahead and allow uh, someone who wants to marry their co- their, their dog, their cat, <laughs> uh, or a building, as someone did. You know, there was a lady in France who married the Eiffel Tower, and there was a guy in Italy who married the um, he married the Leaning Tower. A pizza. I, I mean, it was recognized. Literally, these 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 states recognize these countries recognize that as a legal marriage. I, you know, of course, I I question their sanity. <laughs> uh, but you know, they were recognized. So, but it it it's it's a it's a hard argument, and 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 I, I take this spin as far as the growing popularity of the argument for or against pro-marriage, particularly uh, for proponents of same-sex marriage. They're young, uh, and they see the world differently, and it's about tolerance and intolerance. And i got to take a hard break. And and, um, So if you have any thoughts and opinions, we're going to take a quick break. We come back from this break. Uh, If you want to get your thoughts on the air, of course – you can you're welcome to do so, but we're gonna be right back and we right after this. Oh no, 
yesterday. Part of it is the cut of today's suit, short jacket, narrow lapel, moderate fit. But part of it is the cut of the man himself. Because today, it's not so much the brand of suit that defines the man, as it is the brand of man who wears it. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee you. Dad, listen, we're going to go broke unless we figure out a way to divvy up the oh, shared Dad. data plan fairly. So, uh, whoever's fathered the most children gets the most data. Let's just do it by hair. Body hair? Most dental work. What? Stop downloading and stop liking everything. It should be by who has the least amount of cartilage in their left knee. Just want to take a bath. Say no to sharing. Say yes to Sprint. With truly unlimited data, text, and calling. It was the best day. It was the best day. And the great outdoors. We make a great pair. Right. Totally. Uh, that's what I was thinking. All kinds of vehicles, all kinds of savings. Multi-policy discounts from Progressive. Call or click today. It's our favorite. Yours and mine. Because we found it together. On a walk, walk, walk. Love to walk. A long walk. A, a walk with you. A walk I smelled squirrels on. But I stayed by your side because I could tell, could feel that you had a bad day and me being bad wouldn't make it any better. But being there was already helping a little anyway. And then we found that wonderful thing waiting there, waiting for you and me. And you smiled and threw it. And I decided right when I picked it up, I would never, ever leave it anywhere, ever. Because that wonderful bouncy roll around thing had made you play, and that had made you smile. Put more play in your day. Vaniful. Play. It's good for you. Now Faustine's topping the fluffy egg with crispy bacon. Now he's delicately placing the Gouda. That's cheese, Ron. Like a blanket. The toasted English muffin, perfectly positioned. The bacon Gouda sandwich, everyone. Come on. Wait. Zinu coffee. Perfection. That means good sandwich. Try the new bacon Gouda sandwich. And now try our new small, hot, or iced coffee for 25 cents. Breakfast just got fantastic. Burger King, where taste is king. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal.
All right, welcome back to Zero Out Today. And this is your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Uh, number to call to get on the air is 347-237-5230. That's the number if you just want to share your thoughts and insight or get at me, you know, prove me wrong. <laughs> Either way, you're there. And hit us up, Neal at gmail.com. That's the email address if you want to share comments or give insights or show ideas or whatever you want to do. And, you know, we appreciate it. Also, make sure you uh, go to the Facebook page, like the Facebook page, leave comments, let us know how we're doing. We appreciate that. We, we you know, we're thriving, and we need your help to continue to thrive. So like the show, subscribe to the show, continue listening. We appreciate it. So we're talking uh, the Supreme Court today. We're talking uh, as they deliberate uh, marriage, uh, traditional marriage. Same-sex marriage, defense of marriage. Um, we're talking about that now. Here, here's some things. Let me read you this quote. This quote comes from uh, Mark Stern. Mark Stern is the general counsel of the American Jewish uh, commu- uh, Committee, and he uh, he wrote this uh, in his CNN opinion column uh, yesterday, on Monday, rather. It says this, religion should play no direct role in deciding whether the Constitution requires the states or the federal government to recognize same-sex marriage. That said, religious institutions would be affected by the Supreme Court's decision if California's Proposition 8 is an appeal and same-sex marriage becomes legal in all 50 states. Now, what is that saying? Let's take us back to several decisions. For example, let's go back to uh, Brown versus the Board of Topeka uh, Education, Board of Education in Topeka, Kansas. That decision, uh, the Supreme Court over, you know, basically said that, you know, that's the separate but equal. That was that argument that uh, segregated schools are equal in every way. Uh, as you know, you know the black schools have the same teachers, they have the same qualifications, they have the same material textbooks. Of course, that wasn't true, but the decision that the Supreme Court made uh, now and that was argued by Thurgood Marshall, by the way, um, who later became a Supreme Court justice, the first black Supreme Court justice. The argument was that. Uh, this is a violation of constitutional rights. It, it was presented, you know, the initial the initial complaint was presented by a preacher, you know, an AME preacher, by the way, uh, and his constituents, you know, through in, in that community. And as a result of that decision, the the entire country, all fifty states, were mandated to desegregate. Although some places had began the process, some states had began the process of desegregation. You know, some states in the north were desegregating themselves. You know, they they regu- they were instituting laws to desegregate prior to this uh, Supreme Court uh, ruling. However, following the Supreme Court ruling, there was a federal mandate to desegregate and. Even now, as 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 currently as 2013, in some states, particularly in Louisiana, there are still at least uh, 30 parishes in Louisiana that I know of that have not fully complied with that ruling way back in 
you know, in the fifties. They have not fully complied. The schools are still segregated in some way. They have not fully complied with the federal mandate. And you also have to go to nineteen seventy three, just you know, as we forty years ago with Roe versus Wade. There were states in prior to the Supreme Court's finding with Roe versus Wade, there were states that were in the process of uh, legalizing abortion to some form. They had some form of legalized abortion. Not every state did, but there were states who were doing that. But following the Supreme Court's ruling, it became a mandate. You know, states were basically strong-armed into recognizing and legalizing the uh, abortion industry. And uh, that, that argument continues to this day because, again, even here in Mississippi, there's a strong fight to uh, close the final the final uh, abortion clinic here. And while I am an uh, I, I am a supporter of that, you know, of that, I, there's something, you know, again, mandate, you know, versus state, uh, federal versus state, you know, rights is, is what it's saying. All right. So there's a, there's a possibility that if the Supreme Court decides or rules in favor of uh uh, not upholding Proposition 8 for California. The question then becomes, will that be effective for all 50 states, or will it only be mandated for the state of California? Now, if it's only mandated for the state of California, what is likely to happen, you know, well, state of California will not be recognized in same-sex marriages. So, that, that I mean, that would be the end of it. There will be no, you know, there will be no other argument there'd be no other court cases you know they could come up with they could probably present it in a different manner but as far as proposition eight that's said and done however if they overturn if they say proposition eight is unconstitutional if they say proposition eight uh is by law you know if they define it as the way it is and they uphold the uh, the under the lower court's ruling, lower court, court's ruling. Then what would happen is nine times out of ten, that Supreme Court ruling would directly affect and be implemented nationwide. Which means that even states that are not pro uh, same sex marriage or marriage equality, if they if they do not have that view. Uh, and which are largely southern, you know, conservative states. Uh, there will be a mandate, as you know, said by president precedents, as, as I mentioned other in other, you know earlier. There will then be a mandate where they will have to, which would then affect the churches. Why? Because the churches will then be called on uh, as discriminatory if we. As pastors or churches do not perform same sex marriage. I mean, there's the chance. There's 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 that there's that chance that if I, as a pastor, am approached by a couple who said who's a same sex couple and they want to get married, and I say I I refuse to do it, then uh, I am subject to whatever the law would be. You know, I am subject to that consequence, and that's a scary thought. It's a very very scary thought. Now. 
the other question I was always asking, you know, and I've been I've been asking for both sides, you know, when it comes down to the church, you know, the church is actually really divided on this issue. Uh, the Christian church is divided because there's the question is who's being who's righteous? Which side is righteous? Which side is the righteous side? Is it the uh, the proponents or the opponents? Of saying, you know, because they're both presenting in some facet a biblical argument. They're using scripts to support their arguments. And, and I, I go by Isaiah 55, 8, and 9. 55, 8, Isaiah 55, 8, and 9 basically says, you know, God says this. Uh, my ways are not your ways. They're higher. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. They're not your ways. And uh, you can't understand my ways. But whatever I have sent out my word, my ways to perform, it will not return into me void. You know, it goes on down into verse 12, uh, 11. And so that, that argument then becomes one of, you know, who is God supporting? And I, I say God is supporting neither side. There's no There's no true argument as to who God is supporting. Why? Because what we think God calls righteous may not be righteous. And what we think God calls unrighteous may be righteous. We don't know. So it goes back to uh, during the first century in, in the in book of Acts. You know, there were these these righteous people who were and they were talking about the followers of Christ and saying how they're crazy. You know, how, how it was, you know, ungodly. Ungodly, unrighteous, and uh, the 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 leader had to uh, the priest or the, uh, the leader of the, uh, Sanhedrin had to say, "Well, who are we to say that? You know, if it is God, will bring it out. You know, if it's unrighteous, well, you know, it will come to light and it will fade. You know, it will fade. But if it's righteous and we try to put our hand on it, our mouth on it, then we too will be judged." And I'm paraphrasing that, um, but that's 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 the question. You know, who who is what what side is righteous? Yeah. And if if one side is more righteous than the other, what does it mean? What will it mean if the decision comes down in favor of the opposite side? You know. So if the point, of course. Proponents of same-sex marriage, they're going to rejoice and they're going to, uh, you know, we're already biggest. Those of us who are opponents, uh, you know, we already we are already promoters of hate, bigots, and all of that stuff. So, I mean, there, in my opinion, it might prove to be a greater uh, a greater sense of discrimination against us, you know, bigotry and hatred, intolerance toward us. Now, having said that. Uh, 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 it, we have to understand that if we're going to be secular or spiritual, we must suffer the consequences of being that which we have chosen to be. So if the country and the leadership chooses to be secular, we must accept the consequences of that choice. What are the consequences? I don't know. You know, I I personally don't believe the world is going to come to an end because we make that decision. I do believe, however, that when we make decisions that go 
that are unrighteous. And when I say unrighteous, I say unrighteous based on not uh, not the rights of a man or rights of an individual. But I'm talking in relation to the word of the word of God regarding you know not just the acts of immorality because I've been involved in immorality. You know, I'd be the first one to tell you I'm not the holiest person, and if I were to, yeah, you know, I I don't fall in with the the uh, the the things that Paul lists. You know, I I I you know we all included in that. But the question will become one of whether or not we are willing to suffer the consequences. Let me let me let, let me go to scripture here uh, or two examples. First being when when uh, the people approached Samuel in in First Samuel chapter eight, uh, Samuel was old and his sons were they were immoral. <laughs> they were they were immoral and and the church pretty much is reflective of this this time you know I, I could see a a a I could see this as a church you know the leaders of the church have gotten older um, the uh, uh, the ideals of holiness sanctification have kind of been uh, not as promote, not pushed and, and there's been a lot of compromise so the people are saying. Well, since your sons are, are are wicked and they're not like you, you know, they're, 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 you, they went on to bring about what he was saying, you know, that charges against the son. Uh, give us a king so we'll be like everybody else. We'll be like all the other nations. And what is amazing to me, and every time I read that scripture, is that God, when Samuel goes to God, God says, well, give the people what they want. Listen to the voice of the people. That's what he says. Listen to the voice of the people. But in listening to the voice of the people, tell them this will be the consequences of their desire. Uh, as a desire, you want to be like other nations. You want a king to rule over you like other nations. But because you want a king to rule over you like other nations, this is going to happen. The king is going to take your ch- your sons, your daughters, your your, your chariots, your your, uh, your your all of this that you pri- that you value will become his, and he, you know he's going to take advantage of you, and you're not going to enjoy it. And despite hearing the consequences, they say, "Oh well." That's it. That's all that's going to happen. That's fine. And they still said, give us a king. And, of course, God obliged them and selected Saul to be the king. And, of course, you know what happened with Saul. Saul Saul, uh, ended up going against God. God uh, renounced his kingdom and turned it over to David. David fell into the same slide as Saul. He wasn't much better. As far as character-wise, you know, even though he was a man after God's own heart, uh, it was clear that he was a man after God's own heart. But character-wise, he did the same thing as Saul. You know, he brutal. He was brutal with some people. He was very brutal with some people. He went against God. God commanded him not to do a census. He did it anyway. He sinned with with his body with Bathsheba, and you know, had her husband had her husband killed. And as a result of that, his household there was chaos in it, you know, with one of his sons killing his other son, and all kinds of all kinds of things. And you know, he was succeeded by Solomon. That came about as deception. And you see, the deception that was that was that was a pattern. 
And, of course, Solomon, even though uh, Solomon had a heart for God and even though Solomon asked God for wisdom and and has been noted as the wisest man, um, when we look through the history of Solomon and you read in Ecclesiastes that's been attributed to written, have been written by him, you find that he didn't fare much better than his father or Saul. And as a result, when he died, you know, the kingdom fell apart and it was divided. And eventually they went into captivity. And eventually, even after they came out of captivity, uh, there was still a lot of uh, isolation. There was still uh, a lot of, you know, so much messed up. They were so messed up that continues to this day. So the consequences were not immediately felt when they made the decision to want a king. And I you know, I, I present that argument, you know, uh we may see consequences that may not be immediately felt if this passes. You know, when I say passes, uh, if they if they uphold, I mean, if they uh, do not uphold uh, Proposition Eight, we won't see the immediate results. You know, but over a period of time, uh, you know, could affect generations. And you think about the civil rights. Uh, you know, the desegregation, and that affected generations. And if we be honest with ourselves today, we are more segregated now than we were then. We are more racially divided now than we were then. Uh, you, you know, so the consequences are are, are dire. And I'm not, I'm not being a, a, you know, presenting a doom and gloom kind of thing, but just to put it in perspective, you know, just put it in perspective. And and and, and then you know we, we want to talk about tolerance. You know, uh, you you have to look at the sphere of influence of the media, the sphere of influence of the organized body of gay and lesbians. Uh, communities and you know their lobbying, their their lobbyists and all that. You know this, the, what they're pushing out, and you look at how public school system is, in some ways, uh, indoctrinating kids to be more intolerant of non secular views, not intolerant, not not intolerant of people, but intolerant of non secular views. In other words, the more religious the view, the less tolerant to uh, the less tolerant one should be toward it. Doesn't matter if it's Christian. Doesn't matter if it's uh, you know Muslim, Islam. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's Jewish. The more religious the view, the less tolerant it is. And, and that's the way we're becoming. And uh, I believe that this was going to this will have a great impact on the the sense of religious tolerance as we know it. America has always been a religious tolerant country. Uh we've always practiced religious freedom, religious liberty. Uh and there is now not just an attack on that. I you know, you can follow that argument whether you choose to or not. There's not just an attack on that sense of religious liberty, but the very sense of uh the ideals promoted by that that's you know that that sense of re- that, that religious liberty, the ideas of individual freedom, the idea of self reliance and things of that nature that are, are strongly a part of the Constitution, strongly a part, even though the founders were not fully 
Christian, they were deistic, some of them, you know, some of them were agnostic, you know, uh, so it's not a, it's not an argument that this was a strictly Christian country, or strictly Christian founders, no, but the understanding that the, the creator, the lawgiver, supreme lawgiver, was the ultimate and final authority was there, even for those who, who were practiced, you know. You know, they they those founders they they understood that, and they 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 um, in this age of enlightenment and reason, they treasured that, they valued that, even though they realized that man could do more, he could not do more than God, could not do more than the Creator. Man could reason, but the ultimate enlightenment came from the great enlightener. The great light himself, the supreme being, the the God of the world, the God of the universe, whatever you want to call him. So that that is what is at stake. It's not and it's not, you know, it's not a Christian versus the world view and an argument. Although some are making it's not a left versus right argument. Uh Everyone who is for justice and equality has the same mind. Everybody should have rights. It should not be prevented from having certain rights. However, marriage is not just a right. You know, it's not just an institution. It's a. It's the undergird. It's the. It's the undercurrent of our existence. You know. And. And when we take away that sense, that sense of defi- that that not only that defi- definition, but that idea of marriage. Now, that is not saying that two people of the same sex cannot love each other deeply and cannot raise a family. I'm hearing, you know, hearing that. And let me present this argument uh, as one who is not in a traditional family. I didn't grow up in a traditional family. Didn't have my mother and father were not married. You know, I'm a result of those flings, you know, one of those flings. But that is not to deny that that is possible. Neither is it to deny, and neither should it be denial that those who have such relationships should be denied the rights to, you know, inherit, should be denied the rights to make in the life choices, decisions for their significant others, and I think that's all should be legal. I think that should be recognized, and I think that's you know make the argument the church know about people shacking up, <laughs> and they don't come out against that as much as they used to. So you know there are different arguments. I'm running out of time, and I wish I could stay on this a little bit more, but I've got to go. And I appreciate you listening to me, uh, tolerating my little rants. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be back on this. Uh, we'll be back on it. We keep updated. So uh, check out the blog on uh, WordPress.com. We're going to get a uh, piece up about that and uh, all of that. And make sure you let us know what you think about the show. Give us some more ideas, insights, however you want to do it. We appreciate everything that you do and all that you're doing. But until then, we're going to say goodbye until next week. Appreciate you for listening. 